Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Is there really even any hype about this fight in terms of expecting it to be a good fight? Because just about everybody you talk to believes that Mayweather is a substantial favorite and should be a prohibitive favorite, even though the money has continued to come in on Conor McGregor. We'll talk a lot about that fight. We had two NFL preseason games last night. Probably the most intriguing story that is moving in the NFL offseason right now, and I say offseason because we're not technically into the regular season because the NFL preseason goes on forever. Two of them really major stories that have been talked about, but I think the most intriguing one right now is what are the Jacksonville Jaguars going to do with their quarterback position? Because it's not only a decision about who's better, it's a decision about who's better for the future of the franchise when you contemplate potential liabilities. Blake Bortles did not start. Chad Henney started. He was 8 of 14, passer rating of 71, but he had two drops from his receivers that kept him from having really a very, very good outing as the starter. Blake Bortles did what he usually does. He came in against backups, put up decent numbers, although he did throw an interception that was returned for over 40 yards, which has become kind of Blake Bortles' specialty. But the real challenge that Jacksonville has to make do with or reconcile at some point in time in the near future is, is Bortles so much better than Chad Henney that it's worth risking potentially a $19 million additional salary kicking in for next year if he gets injured. We're in a somewhat similar to the Washington Redskins situation that we faced a few years ago 
when, if you remember, the Redskins basically put RG3 on ice, handed their team's reins to Kirk Cousins, and tried to avoid RG3 getting hurt all season so they wouldn't have an uh, option kick in, which would require them to pay RG3 millions and millions of dollars. Now, the Redskins were at least in better shape then because they had Kirk Cousins, and if you know my top quarterbacks listening, you know I think that Kirk Cousins is somewhere around the 12th best quarterback in the league, the 10th to 12th best quarterback in the league as we enter this season. The tough thing for the Jags is Chad Henney is not exactly a guy that you can give the reins of a franchise to and feel very good about. The other tough thing for the Jags is their talent at other positions other than quarterback is not that bad, But at the same time, you've got Sam Darnold, you've got Josh Rosen, you have got so many different potentially really good quarterbacks coming out in the draft, our guy at Wyoming as well, in addition to the fact that Kirk Cousins is going to be an unrestricted free agent. And I don't want to sound like after-taxes guy, but they are in Florida where there's no state income tax. And Jacksonville ain't a bad town to live in if you get near Jack's Beach. It's pretty nice down there. Kind of a uh, hidden jewel Uh, for parts of uh, the Jacksonville area. So, we will see what happens with the Jags. Meanwhile, other major story, I would say, from last night in the preseason, well, also Cam Newton finally played, but he only played a couple of snaps, so I think it's hard to tell whether he's going to be 100% healthy or not on that surgically repaired shoulder, but he came in and he threw a touchdown pass. He only attempted two passes, so it's hard to really know whether Cam Newton is 100% healthy or not. Obviously, that's pretty much the only action that he's going to get in the preseason. And so we'll see whether Cam Newton has an opportunity to return to his 2015 preseason form or whether the 2000, uh, sorry, the, the season that he just finished last year, uh, the 2016 season, is more an accurate reflection of the quarterback that he's going to become in the years ahead. I don't know. I mean, I think Cam is one of those fascinating guys because if you could go back in time to just before the kickoff of the Super Bowl, Carolina and Cam Newton, with their quarterback, looked poised to become one of the it teams of the next decade in the NFL. And Cam Newton looked like he was ready to take over from Tom Brady and Peyton Manning as one of the next faces of the NFL. Instead, he got his butt beat by the the Denver defense. Von Miller went and won the MVP, literally taking the ball out of Cam Newton's hands a couple times. And... We ended up with a uh, with a Cam Newton that was completely a different player. He had the petulant post game news conference, and last year he was awful. And that started obviously in the first game of the season and continued throughout. Is that going to be the Cam Newton that we see for all of 2017, or will he be able to come back somewhat similar to the MVP form? Now I'll tell you this: I do feel pretty good about Cam Newton at the quarterback position, being able to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey because my early preseason pick for rookie of the year in the NFL is Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be that good. I think he's going to be every bit as good as he was at Stanford in terms of the way that he can make plays out of the backfield, uh, both running the ball and also as a receiver. I think they'll put him in the slot receiver position, be able to use him a lot. I think you have not seen that much of what they feel, the Panthers that is, that they can get from Christian McCaffrey. Okay, other game in the NFL preseason – First of all, Carson Wentz looked pretty good. But right now, is it possible if you're a Dolphins fan and what you saw from Jay Cutler that you're starting to think to yourself, man, is he better than Tannehill? 
because we talked about this for the last couple of weeks. The talent on the Miami Dolphins roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I know they've got a little bit of issues on the offensive line, but in terms of the wide receivers, in terms of the running back position, this is a pretty stacked team. And Jay Cutler can make every throw. Now, he's a journeyman quarterback in a sense in the fact that he was with Denver and the fact that he was with the Bears. But he's kind of had a star-crossed career. But if you take the best of Jay Cutler and you put it on film, you would say, wow, this is a guy who could be a top-10 quarterback. Now, he came out of retirement. It looks like the rust is starting to come off of Jay Cutler. And he was pretty doggone good last night against the Eagles. So much so that I know, I know Dolphin fans, I know you've been in such a long, dark winter of discontent for the quarterback position ever since Dan Marino left the team. But there's a possibility that Jay Cutler, I can't believe I'm saying this, that Jay Cutler is the best quarterback for the Miami Dolphins since Dan Marino. Now, the unfortunate thing is he's not 23, he's 33. So maybe he's only got a year or two left. And what do you do with Tannehill if he has a good year? And is he going to stay healthy? And that's the question that's out there for every quarterback, let's be honest. But if Jake Cutler stays healthy, I think he's going to be pretty good this year. I think he's going to be good enough that the Dolphins are going to have to make a decision at the end of the year. Do we keep this guy who we just brought out of retirement? Because 33, even though it's not young, in the NFL, look, I mean, Brady's 40 this year. Drew Brees is 38. There are a lot of guys at the quarterback position that can play a long time. If Jay Cutler came out of retirement this year and had a good year, could he not play three or four more years? I think he certainly could. I don't think he retired because he didn't have anything left. I think he retired because he didn't want to be a backup, which you can understand if you've been a starter in the league for a long time. You don't want to take that step back and have to acknowledge that you're a backup and just cash checks for a few years. Certainly Cutler could have gotten a job as a backup. But those takeaways from the NFL preseason are, I think, pretty important takeaways. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. People love conflict, right? Now, in my private life, I try to have a conflict-free life, right? I do whatever I can. What's the great saying? If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So my goal in general is to keep my wife happy, right? Any married man knows that the number one goal in your life once you get married, I remember my dad saying, hey, listen, your number one goal, he said, this is, I remember telling me this when I was a teenager. He said, placate the woman. So what does that mean? He says, you have to figure out whatever you can do to make a woman not angry, and then you try to do that once you get married. Now, you're not always going to be able to be successful, but if you can do it, your life will be immeasurably better. That's great advice to anybody out there. And any married man who's listening to this right now knows exactly what I mean. Figure out a way to keep mom happy. If mom's happy, then everything goes smoothly in the house. Mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? But, so you want lack of drama in your own private life, right? That's a good advice in general. But in terms of, like, entertainment, people demand conflict. You think about it. Every, it's a basic narrative story, right? Everybody wants conflict. It's why the backup quarterback versus the starting quarterback is always such a sexy story. Are we going to go with Jay Cutler? 
Are we going to go with, even though that's not been that much of a sexy story in Miami, but really kind of who are you going to sign to be the backup once Tannehill got hurt? It's a great story because it's a conflict story. Who's going to get the job in Jacksonville? Blake Bortles or Henny, right? It's a great conflict story. Starting quarterback versus backup story, uh, quarterback, always great conflict. Every game is essentially conflict. Who's going to win? you got a protagonist, an antagonist, everything's going on. If you think about it, the most basic uh, story theme is insert character and insert conflict. If you just have a character and there's no conflict, then nobody cares, right? Your character has to come into conflict somewhere. And so all these pop star feuds, all this backbiting, like I, I wonder how much of it is real, but from a perspective of someone who loves conflict, it's gold. Do you know what other has been the biggest conflict story in the NFL for the past year? It's Colin Kaepernick. What's your opinion, pro or con, on Colin Kaepernick? Most players have been incredibly boring. They haven't said anything of any substance. They haven't said anything interesting at all. But finally, a player said something intelligent. And I'm not just saying that because it's basically the exact same thing I've been saying for months, that Colin Kaepernick's talents are exceeded by his problems, and this is a basic business decision. They are not going to employ him because he's not good enough. Listen to my guy now, LaShawn McCoy, cut through all the crap, be the player who's willing to step up and say something that might be a little bit unpopular, but damn if it isn't 100% right. Here's LaShawn McCoy. It's a lot more than just um, he's not he's not on the team because of if he doesn't want to stand for national anthem. I think it's more than that. That may have something to do with it, but I think also has a lot to do with his, his play. There's certain players that could be on the team with a big distractions, you know, and there's other players that they're not good enough or it's worth it. I think his situation is not good enough to, to uh, have him on the team with all the, the attention that comes along with it. And, I mean, he's probably going to get ripped. I don't know. Is he getting ripped already oh, yeah. for having that opinion? And I hope he doesn't walk it back because one of my least favorite things is when an athlete is completely honest and gives his actual opinion, especially here where he's 100% right, and then he walks it back because people on Twitter are too mean to him. Like, I've always said this. I have never apologized for any opinion I've ever given you on any show or any article or any TV uh, appearance, right? Doesn't mean that I'm flawless. Doesn't mean that at some point I might not misspeak and say something that I don't intend. But so far, I've never apologized for any opinion because I mean it. Now, you might get upset. You might not agree. But I mean exactly what I say on the show and in life. And so, so far, I haven't apologized for anything. Um, much to the chagrin sometimes of the people who are my bosses. But I think LaShawn McCoy nailed this. We haven't talked much about Cap this week because, frankly, I think the story is over. Uh, I don't think it's a very interesting story for most of you now that there's actual games to discuss. And certainly this has been discussed ad infinitum. But I did want to give LaShawn McCoy props here for being a player who comes out and says something other than the company line of, oh, if he was on the team, I'd be happy to have him here. Like, actually use your brain and try to think like a business owner as opposed to like an employee. This is good advice for everybody out there. LaShawn McCoy there was putting himself in the shoes of a business owner. LeBron James puts himself regularly in the shoes of a business owner. Most people don't. Most athletes don't. Most employees don't. Most of you driving around right now on your way to work don't because it's easier to be an employee. If you're an employee, somebody pays you, 
a check shows up every two weeks in your bank account. You don't have to worry about doing your taxes hardly. You don't have to worry about your overall income. When you are an employee, you think like an employee. And employees think about ways to keep their job, right? Business owners think about ways to create things that don't exist already. And if you think like a business owner, you're going to be more successful in your life because it's going to allow you to think to be better at your job. The moment you start to realize how you fit into the larger cog of your employment and the value that you can unlock, you are not thinking entirely as an employee anymore. You're thinking as a business owner. How can I make somebody more money? How can I create opportunities that may not exist otherwise? And this is, frankly, LaShawn McCoy not thinking like labor. He's thinking like the boss. And you always want to be able, if you're an intelligent person, to think like your boss as opposed to like an employee. Most people think like employees, and most players think like employees. Props to LaShawn McCoy for thinking like an actual boss in this situation. Colin Kaepernick's talent is exceeded by his problems. That's what I've been saying for months. Props to LaShawn McCoy for finally becoming, I think, the first player to say the same thing that I have been. And you said, Jason Martin, he's getting hit with a lot of criticism for this? Yeah, he's getting killed. They're bringing up the situation with him and a couple of his boys getting into it with an off-duty police officer, potentially saying that he's beating women. Like, they're coming at him pretty but hard that, but, about me, his own let, past. Yeah, let me pause you there. He's, But that doesn't conflict with his argument. No, it does Because he's a really talented running exactly. back. And his point is that, and that's being intelligent, like the standard for behavior if you're really talented in all walks of life is different than the standard if you're replaceable. And I take it outside of sports. I've used these guys as examples of time. Robert Downey Jr. does not have a pristine history when it comes to his behavior in Hollywood. But how many people right now can play the role of Tony Stark? Not very many. Therefore, he can get away with a lot. Same thing with Johnny Depp. There's a great story recently. I think it was in the Hollywood Reporter yeah, about Johnny Depp basically going bankrupt despite the fact that he's made like $700 million or whatever the hell he's made in movie, uh, movie earnings over the years. And the fact that he wasn't up on time all the time. Like, okay, but Disney has got a major franchise in Pirates of the Caribbean. What are they going to do? Are they going to somehow bring in a new Captain Jack Sparrow and cost themselves maybe a billion dollars over the next three or four years in terms of the movies that are not being able to be made because Johnny Depp plays that role unlike anybody else? Johnny Depp's standard of behavior is totally different. Look at Tom Cruise, all the crazy-ass Scientology stuff he's done, his private life. But when Tom Cruise performs, I saw he just broke his ankle in the new Mission Impossible movie, I think it was, when Tom Cruise performs in these roles, there aren't very many people who can do what Tom Cruise does. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, look at all the drama that surrounds them. All of these people, Will Smith and his, and his, uh, and his Scientology and his kids and everything else. Like These guys may have drama outside of their movies, but they're incredibly talented. We don't even need to get into all the rock stars that are similar. Attacking LaShawn McCoy because he has off-the-field issues and is still employed doesn't undercut his opinion. It actually reinforces it. That's the reason why he's still employed. He recognizes that because he hasn't been perfect, but he's good enough at the running back position that people will overlook the flaws that he has off the field. 
Yeah, he's also being called a racist. He's also being called racist. a title character in a Harriet Beecher Stowe novel, which I'm sure you can read between the lines. <laughs> he's called what Uncle I'm accusing Tom. Him of, anytime, anytime a black guy or a black girl says something other than the prevailing opinion, they're called an Uncle Tom. Yes. I think it's shameful. It is. I think it's, it's shameful, shameful to argue that because of your race, you have to have specific opinions. You know what that's called? Racism. It's the very definition of racism. It's judging somebody's opinion based on the color of their skin. Well, it's really judging the opinion based on the fact that you happen to be off the reservation. It's just like if you don't tow the line that you're supposed to tow exceedingly on the left as a black man, you're not a true black man. There were also memes being passed out yesterday comparing him to Lakeith Stanfield's character in Get Out, who's basically a black man that was deactivated by white people and paralyzed into becoming a slave which is a film that came out earlier this year. And the only thing I thought of when that came out was Kaepernick's wife or Kaepernick's girlfriend and the Ray Lewis, Steve Bashotti situation comparison to uh, Django Unchained. Like none of this is going to help Colin Kaepernick get a job. I don't think that, but I think we've discussed it enough to the extent that these people don't care if Colin Kaepernick gets a job. That's not their business. Their business is the outrage side. That's where they're either making their money or trying to stand on some platform uh, on social media or whatever like that. They, I don't think they give one damn whether or not Colin Kaepernick actually plays football or not. Oh, I think that's totally true. And I think they're actually working against Colin Kaepernick's benefit. People are like, oh, did you see that rally? Yeah, a bunch of people who want to get selfies protesting because protesting so hot in the social media streets right now went out like 300 people. By the way, 300 people in New York City, uh, not very many people, right? I mean, I could show up in New York City to talk and get way more than 300 people show up right now. And we're not even on in New York City right now. It's one of the few cities we're not on in. Now, we got satellite radio we're on there. But I guarantee you I could show up in New York City, week's notice, get 300 people to come hear me talk. Uh, That's not that impressive when there's 15 million people or whatever the heck it is who live in the New York City metropolitan area. Uh, But all those people didn't show up for Colin Kaepernick. They showed up for themselves because they want to be the guys and girls who showed up to protest Colin Kaepernick. Most of those people aren't even NFL fans. They're just Twitter woke, as my guy Jason Whitlock likes to say, twoke. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Well, we've got a lot of calls to get to. Let's see if we can knock out some of these calls. And we begin with our guy down in New Orleans walking Willie. Willie, you watching this fight Saturday? Uh, yeah, good morning, uh, Mr. Clay. I'm just going to let you in on the scoop. We gotta, I may go to the fight, but I have to suck up to my friend, Lil Weezy, because he got a concert down here. <laughs> so I'm trying to fuck up with him. But I'm not friend. But anyway, now McGrady have have said everything but one thing what but the thing that colored people don't like to hear or to see, he ain't talked about Mayweather Mama yet. And that first round <laughs> McGrady gonna start talking about <laughs> Mayweather Mama and and Mayweather gonna lose his composure and McGrady gonna hit it with that dog on lick and that 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 phantom lick. That's all I got to say because I ain't gonna hold you up. But uh, Willie, I appreciate. Well, I last question for you, Willie. Why do uh, why do black people get so upset when you talk about their mom? Hey, that's a, that, that's over the edge. That, 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 that's that's, a, that's over the edge. When you were a little boy, when you were a little boy a long time ago, you're 77. When you were a kid a long time ago, somebody talked about your mom in New Orleans, not acceptable. It was a hell and hot water. We were going to fight to sundown. I be fighting so long, I turned white. But I don't want to be that color. Because people who get them suntans, 
I said, hey, y'all want to be turned back? Let me get some of this natural sweat. It's for the real stuff. Okay, Mr. Clay, have a nice day because I'm going to deliver these newspapers. <laughs> All right, knock it out, Willie. I appreciate it. Have a good morning. Roger now. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Joined now by Todd Furman early in the morning in Vegas. Thanks for waking up with us. Last time I saw Todd Furman, we were together at a Britney Spears concert, so it's probably appropriate that we bring him in with Taylor Swift music. What's your verdict there on the new single from Taylor Swift? You know what, I really appreciate it. I mean, uh, quietly, I'm a huge pop fan as well, so the more we can expose the rest of the universe to what we do on our free time here in Vegas, Clay, it really pulls back that curtain a little bit before we get into the nuts and bolts of gambling. That song really doesn't do it for me. I think it's going to have to grow on me a little bit. Uh, Grow on you indeed. So speaking of growing on you, the money coming in on Mayweather is starting to pour in the big money. Uh, do you what? What have the what's the latest on the odds front? When you look at this number right now, if you're shopping around town, the lowest price available, you can still lay one to five if you want to back Floyd Mayweather, meaning you'd put up five dollars to make a dollar. Uh, but a lot of books have started to trend closer to the six dollar range. Uh, you read all the stories through social media, as you mentioned, the six and even seven figure wagers starting to come in uh, on Floyd Mayweather for this particular fight. Yet it doesn't change the fact that a lot of sports books still have seven-figure liability going to Conor McGregor. And while people try and wrap their head around it, it's just the sheer volume of bets, those $50 and $100 bets coming in on McGregor at about a 12 out of every 13 ticket clip. It's simply wild when you watch the betting breakdown for an event of this magnitude. What would the line have to be to have even 50% money on both sides? A lot of people, because I would like for you to explain this a little bit. A lot of people out there, including me, when I initially started paying attention to the odds market, believed it was like the stock market, right? In other words, that it was a completely efficient market where 50% of the action comes on one side, 50% comes on the other. That rarely happens in the world of Vegas. There's no doubt about it, and if Every bookmaker had their ideal scenario. You would have 50% of the action on either side, but it would be unlimited volume. You'd be able to book you know, $10 million on Team A, $10 million on Team B. You take your juice, uh, which is the vigorous of the 11 to 10. You typically have to lay in a football, basketball, or the more traditional sports, and you'd call it a day. But every dollar in the sports betting marketplace is not created equally. So what you'll have in a lot of scenarios, and a football probably a better illustration of what you may have, Alabama, Florida State next week, in perfect example. If you have 65% of the tickets coming in on Florida State, that may not be indicative of how the money looks. And depending on who the particular person is betting a game, you could have one individual bet $1,000, someone who's more of a recreational better bet $10,000, and that point spread could still trend in the $1,000 direction. And that is where operators will use professional bettors to move the market, uh, therefore putting them in the best position they can uh, to try and win that particular wager. We're talking with Todd Furman. He's in Vegas. What's the vibe like in Vegas for this fight? I saw initially like the room rate skyrocketed. There was an expectation that it was going to be kind of a carnival rock star environment, uh, rock concert environment. But now I see that the prices are coming back down as maybe the number of people coming in for the fight has not necessarily matched early expectations. What does it feel like out there? Kind of the same scenario that we saw for Mayweather Pacquiao. I think those in the fight game and promotions jacked the ticket prices so sky high The hotels, as you mentioned, they follow suit. They raise their room rates, trying to take advantage of that initial swell of support. Well, inevitably, what's unfolded here, as we've seen well chronicled through social media, ticket prices that brokers were looking for $150,000 for floor seats have come down considerably. 
So the upper bowl of the arena sells out pretty quickly at face value because that's the quote-unquote affordable seat uh, that the every Joe who wants to be part of it uh, can afford. The bigger tickets start high, they start to trend down. And even having been on the strip throughout yesterday and late in the evening, it doesn't feel like there's that overwhelming buzz that we've grown accustomed to, whether it's a Super Bowl year in, year out, or an event I know you're extremely fond of, being out here for March Madness. Now, that can all change today and in through tomorrow uh, when you have a massive influx of Irish fans. But Floyd Mayweather, despite being one of the biggest draws in boxing, really doesn't have that fervent fan base that comes out in full force. Yeah, that's interesting about how you know McGregor definitely has a lot of the Irish people who support him, and they'll come rolling into Vegas, I'm sure, and get insanely drunk. There's no telling how wild it's going to be in Vegas. Uh, but when you look at this fight in general, uh, there was long rumors for this fight. It finally happens. Is it fair to say that it's not as wild and crazy as maybe people would have anticipated when they announced this fight was going to happen? Well, I think part of it, too, that the folks that were responsible for putting together this fight card probably didn't do the best job. If you really wanted to make this a massive spectacle, a lot of it hinges on the undercard as well. And you look at some of the other fighters that will be in the ring before Floyd and Connor get in there to do battle. It's not household names for the boxing community or even intriguing names by any stretch of the imagination. They're not big names in UFC that they could have brought in to try and do a joint octagon boxing ring type undercard. So it loses a little bit of a luster. And historically, when you look at boxing and some of the marquee events, they fall on similar days. August 26th isn't exactly one of the biggest days on the sporting calendar uh, in right before football season starts, and knowing that you have the Triple G and Canelo fight a couple weeks out, I think they kind of rushed a little bit to put this together. You might have much more fanfare if this, say, took place on Kentucky Derby weekend in early May, which oftentimes is one of Floyd's biggest fight weekends that we've seen historically. What time for everybody out there like me who's going to be watching this and also has kids and has to get up the next morning, what time do we think they'll actually get in the ring to fight? Is there any idea? They're listing it at 9 o'clock Pacific time, which make it midnight Eastern. I think it could go a little bit later than that. We've seen the spectacle. We've seen these guys kind of shuffle their feet. I really don't think we'll see these two guys get in the ring till about 12.15 Eastern on or Saturday, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay, one other thing I want to hit you with, or a couple things I want to hit you with, but we had the Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, and for a while they pulled the numbers off in terms of the futures. Are those back up now? What is the impact from a Vegas perspective on Kyrie Irving going to the Celtics? Win totals are still off the board. Uh, a couple of books are still are trying to adjust that. For me and a lot of the professional bettors I talk to, they see it almost as rearranging deck furniture with like-minded parts, trading jerseys. So when you look at the futures, the Celtics, however, at some shops did go from 10-1 to 1 to win the NBA championship down to 6-1. to 1. Cleveland's number widely available right around 4-1, to one, drifted out to 5-1 to one at some spots. The most fascinating line move, though, from, as a byproduct of this trade, were the MVP odds. Kyrie Irving goes from 50-1 to one to win that award. His number gets slashed in half down to 25 under the assumption that he will be the primary option in Boston. Isaiah Thomas, the big loser in terms of the MVP, he goes from 25-1 to one all the way out to 100, and that's, of course, knowing that LeBron James is going to be the primary offensive weapon and continue to be uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I teased this a little bit in the opening of the hour, but you're going to be doing some cool work for our website here, Outkick the Coverage, uh, outkick.com, for people out there who may not have checked it out. You're going to be writing some about gambling from Las Vegas, and you're also going to be behind our VIP paywall 
kind of helping people to understand gambling because, and I'm sure you see it all the time too, I feel like a lot of people love to gamble, but they have questions that they're not necessarily comfortable putting out there because they're afraid of being judged, right? They don't understand how the money line works. They don't understand gambling in general. You're going to be behind the paywall on OutKick kind of being a concierge or tutorial for people out there. How important is that if you're interested in getting involved in gambling? I think it's always important to know the terminology. I mean, you were a blank slate getting into gambling. Totally when true. Started, when we started doing this years ago, and to see your progress, it brings a tear to my eye as one of uh, <laughs> my, my champion pupils there. Uh, but it's one of those activities, I think you're exactly right, where people are oftentimes afraid to ask what are seemingly basic questions and get an answer that's actually accurate. Uh, I'm extremely critical of folks that want to cover the gambling industry for recreational purposes uh, but don't know the implications uh, of some of their actions. So really looking forward to trying to raise the collective gambling IQ as best we can uh, and also try and take advantage of what we'll be reintroducing after a few-year absence, almost a Vegas top ten where our power rankings, which are decidedly different than the AP and the coaches poll, I know will infuriate some fans, but we can only hope that Kevin Sumlin puts up our quotes from Outkick in the locker room. We call Texas A&M the most overrated team in the country. And I don't think the Aggies program has really ever recovered since then. That was outstanding. So for people who don't know, we do, Todd did for a few years, a Vegas top 10, which is different than the, uh, the normal AP or USA Today coaches poll top 10. And one year he had Texas A&M as the most overrated team in college football. And the A&M staff, which reads Outkick, took that quote and put it up in the locker room to help motivate the team. Unfortunately, they didn't finish the season very well, so the motivation didn't take. <laughs> hey, every now and again, you got to try and light a fire. And down there in College Station, they're not erecting statues of head coaches who knock off Rice in the non-conference portion of their schedule. There you go. All right, we'll talk to you next week as we get ready for the official big launch of college football. But appreciate you joining us, my man. Looking forward to it. Can't believe college football season already here. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. It's Outkick the Coverage's favorite part, the voicemail line, 800-555-CLAY is the number. No, it isn't. J- is that the wrong number? 855-500-CLAY. Uh, 855-500-CLAY. Some poor bastard's phone's about to get blown up and they're going to have no idea what's going on there. All right. Are we ready, Jason Martin? Hit the keys. Hell yeah. What's up, fellas? Robert and San Bernardino coming to you live from Fox Sports Radio, Geico Studios, where 45 minutes could save you $5. I'm over here at ESPN, supposed to have a meeting. I'm the only one here because they put out a worldwide email to all their employees to stay off of all the roadways and highways because of all the white lines on the ground telling them which lane to stay in. So uh, it looks like I'll be here for a while by myself till we can get some black lines down on the ground. And uh, I got a hard out. I'm up against it. So I'll see you later. I got to be honest with you. I don't think that was Robert and San Bernardino's best work. I think he's been better. Let's keep going. Hey, Clay. This is Jason Martin. And on vacation, I had painous. And lava beans. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people still scarred by your inability to say the word penis. It's penis. That's still wrong. I don't. I don't understand. That's right. It. I don't. Just keep moving. Like I, this is so uncomfortable. Hey Jason, let this one play for me. Hey moron, listen. I I didn't have time to hold on today, but you you wanted someone to call it defend ESPN on why not letting an Asian person named Robert Lee 
broadcast the game. You don't see nothing wrong with that. You is a moron. Robert Lee, how many Asian people is named Robert Lee? Can you imagine? That, that's so obscure. And then have him do the game after the conflict that was there? You is a moron. You is a moron, moron, moron. Hey, how in the f*** do you stay on the radio? You is a moron is such an amazing line. You is a moron, moron, moron. I think there's probably a lot of Asian people named Robert Lee. Lee is an incredible, incredibly common Asian last name. I would think, I mean, there are 11,000 people in the United States named Robert Lee. I would think that, I don't know what, like at least 1,000 of them, 500 of them are probably Asian. I mean, I I wouldn't be stunned at all if that's the case. Maybe higher. But I'm a a moron. Sorry. Listen to you on the way to work. Get a few laughs in. And you make great points. Your obsession with ESPN at this point is off the charts. I honestly believe if they offered you 20 bucks more a year than what you make right now, you'd suck a bowl full of to take the job. Your interview with Tucker Carlson tonight, I was with you. Up until you tar- started talking about the percentage of the sports media that voted for Donald Trump only being 4%, you were in that 96%. You voted for Gary Johnson, you f- you are proud of that point. You make us all listen to that every week. Outside of that, you still didn't bring up the fact that our current president is one of your pussy willows, your softies, your millennials, can't take a joke, wants everything to be PC, drama queen, just giant either join him, suck his join ESPN, or choose a side. I don't get where you're at. I'm honestly just confirmed at this point that you'll say whatever you can to get people to listen to you. And at this point, I don't want to listen anymore. You don't choose a side. You say whatever is controversial, and then you go and suck the same person's off, Clay Travis. You're a piece of Tennessee sucks. Vandy sucks. Eat Man, there's a lot of bitterness there. A lot of anger. It would seem to me that if you get criticized by every side, it probably means that you're doing a pretty good job of calling balls and strikes well. Not like those managers who have to come out and wear those wristbands to protest the fact that people are saying mean things to them. I don't know. I mean, if I get criticized from the right and I get criticized from the left, probably means that I'm being pretty good at my job, at not picking sides and always playing the same note all the time. But what do I know? Outkick VIP. Every time I try to read something on the message board, get error 503, back and fetch fail. Can't say I'm surprised. You are gay clay after all. If you don't hurry up and get this fixed, something I'm going to stick on up your back end. We got a lot of people, I got to say. We did $50,000 so far in Outkick VIP sales in four days. And I knew it was going to be successful. But I didn't think it was going to be that successful. I was hoping to have 1,000 VIP members by the time college football season was over. We may have 1,000 by the time college football season starts. And since I'm all about the money, thank you. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Go sign up, outkick.com. You want to hang out? I'm coming to your city. Let's roll. Jason Martin, do you know why Trey, Clay Travis, hires you? Coddle and Culpin's ball sack. You are such a that you don't have the ball to stand up to. Because if you did have any testicular fortitude when Clay was saying only losers and pathetic people go online 
and ask people to apologize for they show, you would have said, hey, Clay, you might not want to say that because on July 24th, you were a loser and demanded that ES or demanded that the, the Discovery Channel apologize because you were dumb enough to believe that Michael Phelps would raise an actual shark. You gall. So what is it? Is everyone who asked for an apology a loser? Yeah, I guess it is true because you did ask for an apology and you are a complete loser. But once again, Jason Martin's only job is to coddle and stroke your ball sack. The same way Brian Windhorse strokes LeBron James' ball sack. So since I clearly trumped you, made you look like the inferior intellect compared to me that you are, you're not going to play this. Otherwise, you'd fire his ass for making you look stupid, just like I did. So if you have any balls, Jason Martin, you'll play this. But you won't because you're a little bitch, just like the little kid from Liar Liar asking his mom at the end of the movie. Do we have to move to Boston? Dude, you remember with the dread pirate Robert? Yes, it would have been in your best interest to move. He could have taught you how to be a gangster. Watch the movie The Princess Bride. But now instead, you're working for a dick loser, Clay Travis, who goes on the internet and demands people apologize because they trick him. Real smart. You guys are dumbass. I'm out. I do think that Discovery Channel should apologize for that awful Michael Phelps versus the Great White Shark thing. That's true. That's also not a serious demand for an apology. I'm not fainting on my couch right now, holding my pearls. By the way, giant balls, whoever you are. (laughs) Um, All right. uh, Let's go ahead and take a break. I'm assuming we have more goodness coming up on the flip side. More voicemails from people who hate me on the flip side here. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Here we go. More hate in the final segment of the show this week. I've been hearing these guys come on here, and all they ever have to say is that Clay is gay. I thought that was just some weak-ass middle school trash talk, but after hearing your enthusiasm over the size of Tiger Woods' dong, I have to say your orientation may be a little suspect. I also wanted to point out that it's pretty evident some of Lindsey Bond's assets are completely wrecked after taking swings from that 69 iron. You're right, Clay. It's huge. That's all I got. See ya. I'm telling you, Tiger Woods leaked those picks. I'd put them up on the front of TigerWoods.com if I was him. I'd be like, whoever leaked these picks is not to be trusted. I can't believe that someone would violate my privacy like this. Yes, this is my gigantic penis. Yes, it's real. By the way, I'm single. But it's still totally unacceptable. That's what I would do if I was Tiger Woods. Let's keep rolling. You know what, Jason Martin? You fat mother. I'm really drunk, and I just want to say I am still pissed off about a couple weeks ago when you and that CTE-riddled Jeff mother Schwartz <laughs> debated about whether a hot dog was a damn sandwich. For like 10 minutes. That is like so motherfucking long on that two hour podcast that I had to listen to you ass 
debate over whether a damn hot dog is a sandwich. Do you know how many damn I give about a hot dog being a sandwich? Zero. The answer is zero. Hot dogs are not a sandwich. Not a sandwich, indeed. Goodbye. I actually like you, Clay. See you later. I appreciate the love. I think he cares because he says his opinion at the end of it. Keep rolling. So I think we've clearly established that uh, Clay is, in fact, gay, but we don't know what his preference in men is. Um, So I was thinking it could be someone you work with, like Jason Martin or Justin Cooper. It could be that Clay is the butch, and he prefers people he calls a bitch, like LeBron or Kaepernick or Nick Wright. But my money's on. I haven't seen odds on this, so, Clay, you may want to get with your buddies at Odd Shark to put some odds together. But my money is on your preference is a three-way with gay Clay, Tyrion Lannister, and Jon Snow. I wouldn't want Tyrion. I'd want Jon Snow just for myself. He's gorgeous. Kit Harrington. I don't want to throw in a midget. I want to just have Kit Harrington all for myself. Can you say midget? Is midget a, a bad so. word now? Am I going to be in trouble for saying midget? No, Probably. that's fine. What are you supposed to call him now? Little the dwarfs. People. Is dwarf a bad word too? Yeah, it's worse than midget. Oh, what's worse than dwarf? Probably, I don't know. Halflings. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. All right, I apologize to all the midgets and dwarfs out there. Let's keep rolling. Clay, I've been trying to get on this mother voicemail system for over a month now, and this punk bitch gatekeeper Jason Martin's been blowing up my spot. I'm telling on him, Clay. Jason, stick to stuff you do know, like trying to look desperate on Bumble and Tinder, trying to get a catfish to slob on your knob. I'm coming at everyone today. Justin Cooper, you a loser DVD actor with a dumbass haircut. <laughs> I didn't even have beef with you until you started talking <laughs> about Chick-fil-A. And who's the really deep-voiced dude that always is talking about California and In-N-Out Burger? He says like four words every show. I mean, I know you guys like Game of Thrones, what, you let him out the dungeon for two minutes to confess his love for fat burgers in that hippie-ass state? He sounds like a cross between Ving Rhames and Michael Clark Duncan, may he rest in peace. But Clay, seriously, Jason needs fire for keeping me off the airways. I'm trying to make this segment great again. Oh, yeah, and Clay, you ain't safe either. Change that stupid f- radio drop. I look up to you, Clay, but every f- time I hear, if you go with multiple emoticons, I will end you. Your voice is too gay to make that sound cool. Only hot take you've ever had was saying how dumb underscore symbols are. Half the general public doesn't even know where that is on a keyboard. Change that up. My name's Che Booty. That's Che Booty. And I'm in this bitch. I'm calling every week to roast y'all. Jason Fugan calls. Yeah, you know what's up. I know what Clay likes, Jason. He likes Holla at me. That was pretty fantastic. He, he just he just napalmed the entire show. Got to give him credit. Efficient. Do oh, we man. have time he's, to he's get got, another he's one? He's got to be craving in and out right now. Yeah, I know. It's got to good. Are we have time, Jason, or are we good? Clay? It's 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 a long one. We wouldn't, we wouldn't fit it in. <laughs> what, do All you right. want to hear like 30 seconds of it, maybe? Do we want to hear 30 seconds and then play the rest next week? Yeah, we can. It's, it's a good one. All right. All right, should we save it? Let's save it. You want to save it? Go it's ahead like and save three it. and a half minutes. It's, pretty it's three and a half minutes long. Whoa. It's a Kentucky it's a Tiger Woods fan. Of it's Big Blue Nation calling I got to tell you, uh, that was a spectacular week 
Uh, thank you for all the people who call the voicemail line. Jason Martin, the number once more. 855-500-CLAY. 855-500-CLAY. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.